1: And with the year that we have unfolding in politics, it's going to be an exciting ride. Read Bill Nygut's expert
4: insight on AJC.com and listen to the Politically Georgia podcast with me, Greg Bluestein, And me, Patricia Murphy.
0: And me, Tia Mitchell. Hear new episodes every weekday.
1: Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.
4: Hey, everybody. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is July 22nd, and on Sunday, Atlanta United will play at LA Galaxy. Kickoff will be 9.50 p.m., so it's going to be a late night for everybody who is going to watch the game and follow the team as it tries to prove that it's back, which is what Gonzalo Pineda said after the 1-1 draw with Orlando. And we're going to get into some of that with audio from Pineda and George Campbell. And you'll also hear from Juan Jose Prata. And then at the end of the podcast, instead of a mailbag this week, did something different and did a round table with some of the guys who cover Atlanta United, including Joe Patrick, Sam Jones, and Tyler Pilgrim. So you'll get our takes on a few Key topics for the five stripes going into these last few games. So let's recap a few things about the game before we get into some of the audio. Atlanta United is currently in 11th in the East, three points behind Cincinnati for the seventh and final playoff spot. It is five points behind sixth place Columbus, six points behind Orlando. LA Galaxy are seventh in the West, eight, nine, and three. Right now, they are tied on points with Portland, which is in eighth because of the tiebreakers. One ahead of Seattle, one ahead of Vancouver, two ahead of Houston. So they also need points here in this game. Let's go through some of the key stats that you may be interested in ahead of the match. Atlanta United on the road is 1-6-2. LA at home is 5-5-1. Five, five, and one. Atlanta United has 29 goals for, 31 allowed. L.A. has 28.4, 27 allowed. Expected goals, Atlanta United, 30.3 to 28.7, and L.A. is 35.1. So it's been very unlucky on offense to 26.8. Players to watch for Atlanta United, Joseph Martinez, five goals, three assists. Ronaldo Cisneros, six goals, one assist. It's going to be fascinating to see which one of those, if not both, start on Sunday. Dom Dwyer, four goals. Marcelino Moreno, two goals, five assists. Diego Almada, three goals, six assists for L.A. Dejan Jovlich, eight goals, two assists. Javier Hernandez, seven goals. Ryan Revelison three goals, two assists. And Efren Alvarez, two goals, two assists. Marcos de Oliveira, who I'm not familiar with, is going to be the official in the center of the pitch for tomorrow. And if you want to see my starting 11, or my predicted starting 11 for Atlanta United, you can find it on my Twitter feed at Doug Robertson AJC titled Info to Know Atlanta United at LA Galaxy. It's also on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. And I hope that you'll click on those. I hope you'll share them and I hope you'll click share and subscribe to this podcast. The uh, numbers are steadily improving and that is because of your listenership and you're sharing it and I appreciate that very much. So now let's get into some of the audio. Uh, we spoke with yesterday, as I said before, Pineda, Campbell, and Parata at a rainy training ground in Marietta. So, first question I asked Pineda is, is the team back?
5: Yeah, I mean, we couldn't, couldn't really go out today, but, uh, yeah, we had a good session in the gym and then tactics board and all that, so it was very good. Yeah, I think uh, the chemistry of the team is just is just better. We're back, and... Uh, i'm just happy that that happened and obviously just waiting for the next game and, and that's always we live and die for the next game
4: so pineda mentioned chemistry so i asked him how is that chemistry going to help this team improve its road record with games against galaxy and chicago upcoming and really six points needed to maintain a, a decent spot in the playoff chase
5: well i would say that we will see i hope i hope that helps a lot uh, I think uh, Galaxy is a very good team, uh, has very good players. I mean, one of, one of them is, is my good friend Chicharito. And it's going to be fun a fun game to watch. But I feel like uh, we have to go there and do exactly what we've been doing the last few games, is just competing and fighting for every ball. And, and after that, I think with the quality we have in the final third, we can, we can get some balls.
4: I followed up with George Campbell, who was actually the first interview yesterday referencing Pineda talking about after the Orlando game that the team is back so I asked him is that still the feeling
6: Uh, I mean we put in a few good performances but I don't think that we know that you know just because you know we we played well that means we're back I think you know it shows that we're we're improving but I think we have to consistently show that we're back and and that starts you know last game it starts next game and it has to be every game that we put in that kind of effort and, and to create that many chances I think we're unlucky to get three points but I think we have to show more uh, consistently now that that we can you know, be that team that, you know, makes a run.
4: And then same kind of question asked Pineda. I uh, asked Campbell about road games and needing six points.
6: Yeah, I think most important is, you know, six points, um, which we didn't get uh, in New York. We only got one. So um, I think we have to show that, you know, like I said, that, that extra extra bit that we're missing isn't just keeping possession or, you know, playing out the back. It's scoring and not conceding. So. I think with you know, we, we have been pretty solid, um, you know, the past few games, but I think we need to, you know, keep that up and, and show really in the next game that, you know, on the road that we can be a team that's tough to be and we can, you know, be the better team on the ball.
4: So since the switch to a back three after the debacle against Austin, Atlanta United has only allowed two goals, really has limited opponent scoring chances, uh, for the most part. And part of that is the inclusion of Juan Jose Prata into a back three center back formation. Um, I asked him how is his acclimation to the starting lineup going?
2: Good, Uh, I said it when I signed here, but uh, I like the style of play of the team uh, and I think the the style suits me. Um, So on the field it's going well uh, and off the field uh, going well also just trying to to get to know my teammates.
6: Um, So I'd say the adaptation is going well. I
4: asked George Campbell, what has Parata added defensively?
6: He talks a lot, he's he's strong, Uh, he's good on the ball. I think he has you know qualities that you know make a good player, a good center back, and and qualities that we we all can can have in common as well, and being good on the ball and communicating. So I think it, you know adding an extra center back will will allow us to you know be really aggressive and also even more organized in the back and and you know help us prevent um, you know goals. So I think he adds a lot, um, and it, you know he's been a great addition, and hopefully we can keep it up this week.
4: And I followed that up by asking Campbell if that level of communication was there before Parato was in the lineup.
6: Yeah, I think we've always communicated. Um, obviously, having an extra person, you know, kind of spreads the, the the talking out. But I think we've always communicated in the back, me, Allen, and you know, across the, the midfield as well. But you know, having an extra guy there really helps. And um, you know, he's been a, like I said, he's been a really good addition.
4: And then I followed up with Pineda, just asking about Pirata's communication, how it is helping the defense.
5: I think he's very good. Uh, his leadership just just shows up in every drill. Like he, he likes to communicate, talking. Uh, his English is improving, so I think of, for sure that that helps uh, in that you know in that in that aspect of the game. How long have you known Chicharito? Since you mentioned he's your good friend. Yeah, uh, he was a very very young player. I was there for his debut in Chivas, so I know him, uh, I know him since I think two thousand six so and, and we are we
4: are good friends did you
5: take him out no right with the tackle? no no <laughs> never i couldn't catch him i couldn't get close to him enough to, to tackle him he was so fast
4: and parada asked parada about facing chicharito and, and he said he was excited about the possibility because of his obvious reputation in mexico he's one of the legends of mexican soccer um and he seems doing well for the galaxy um but I wanted to circle back to Parata because I asked him, "What exactly are you telling your teammates on the field?"
2: Basically, just the situations of the game. Um, so, even though we've given up goals in, in the recent games, I think they've they been you know small mistakes, and things that we can correct. Um, so, what I'm doing is, is trying to communicate uh, using all of my experience that I've you know gained throughout my career to, to try and help players to to be fully fully focused, uh, always attentive. Um, and also just to be well-positioned um, and, and yeah, just use that and try to communicate it to, to the back line.
4: And of course, points are the thing. So I asked Prata, how can he help the team try to get six points in the next two games, assuming he's in the starting lineup?
2: The, the same way that uh, we have in, in the you know three home games that I've played, uh, just because we're playing on the road, uh, there's no reason that the, the function or the way the team's playing has to change. So we want to go there with uh, that same mindset. Um, and yes, yeah, so far the, the three games that I've played, uh, have been at home, but, uh, you know, we know this is a you know, important uh, week for us and we're going to try and get six points.
4: The galaxy are a team that struggled a little bit. Um, Mark Delgado and Hernandez missed the past two games because they were in the health and safety protocols, but they, according to the LA galaxy team notes are not in those protocols now. So I assume they're going to play because they need. Those points, um, they've lost their last three, actually. They've only won one of their past five, it looks like, um, right now. So that they're a team that, that needs some results. Um, and, of course, they had a player call out teammates after the game, which may sound familiar to Atlanta United supporters, after their last loss um, at Colorado saying that some players are choosing not to execute Greg Vanny's tactics was basically what he said. So I asked Campbell, how do you take advantage of their struggles when you play on Sunday?
6: I think we just have to be ruthless and relentless, um, be gritty and and show determination to win an away game, a long trip to L.A. I mean, whatever happens over there, we we don't see all of it as players, but we're coming there to win, and that's what we need to do. I don't think we're too much focused on what – they have to say in their locker room or to media, but I think we know that they're a team that has conceded goals that we've seen, and, and we're a team that likes to attack. So I think we need to we need to go there with the intention to win, regardless of what's happening.
4: And Pineda downplayed the Galaxy struggles um, for some of the reasons that I already said, but you should hear him say it.
5: Well, just just say as normal as we do. Try to try to dictate the tempo of the game, to be in control of the game. Uh, at the same time. I think uh, the last two games, especially, they didn't have Delgado, they didn't have Chicharito due to COVID, so they have some big part of their team, Delgado is very good in the middle of the field for them, he's kind of the outlet always in possession, he's a very good center mid, and then Chicharito obviously with the impact he can have in the final third, so I think, you know, at times when you analyze properly the last few results, I mean, there are reasons behind that, so we cannot take that uh, consideration like we need to think that it's going to be the best version of galaxy and that's what we're expecting for and that includes Douglas Costa that includes very good players uh, Araujo coming uh, from the fullback position deep making runs in behind very good crossing like Grand Sier. like they have very good players and we just need to be uh, trying to be controlling them and, and do our game
4: Douglas Costa was once a very good player. He's very much struggling in Major League Soccer right now. Um, and if you want to read about the LA Galaxy and their team and its issues, uh, follow Kevin Baxter from the LA Times. He does a fantastic job covering both the Galaxy and LAFC. Um, I just posted a story, uh, the Sunday preview, about is Atlanta United back. I hope you'll find that on my Twitter feed at Doug Robertson AJC or on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. And give that a read. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for Atlanta United supporters and listeners to this podcast. If you subscribe today, you will not only get unlimited digital access to the AJC and the Sunday paper for $2.30 a week, but you're also throwing in a special limited edition Atlanta United and Atlanta Journal-Constitution scarf. So sign up now at subscribe.ajc.com utdscarf. That's subscribe.ajc.com utdscarf. And I want to highlight something for y'all. Uh, if you're not a subscriber, and I know most of you love soccer, but I assume you also love college football, we are—we've added um, Sarah Spencer, formerly the Hawksbeat reporter, to our college football coverage to do some bigger picture things, and she's a, a very talented reporter and writer. So I hope you'll subscribe to for coverage of Georgia and Georgia Tech, Georgia State, Kennesaw State, all the, the local college football teams as well as for the, our fantastic coverage of, of the Braves and the Hawks and the Falcons and all the things going on in our vast, wonderful city. We're going to go to a break and come back with a roundtable, again, that includes Joe Patrick, Sam Jones, and Tyler Pilgrim. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.
0: I'm Ernie Suggs. And I'm Ned Ravone. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. Every day I wake up,
1: I learn something new.
0: Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL.
4: And we're back. We're going to do a special segment to the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast today. We're going to talk with some people who cover the team and who know the team, and we'll get their very lame takes on the Five Stripes going forward.
1: No,
4: no, (laughs) fair. Joining me in the media trailer in the middle of a lightning storm that's made out of metal. Yeah. The Alex Tembacus Memorial (laughs) Media Trailer is is what I dubbed it a long time ago. He's not dead. It just is a funny name. Yeah. Yeah. Is Joe Patrick. Hello. (laughs) Joe doesn't know what to do with his hands. Sam. (laughs) Hi, I'm Joe Patrick. (laughs) Sam has a new gig at The Striker. And if you're not following him on Twitter, make sure you are. And consider subscribing as long as it's not money that you would spend on the Atlanta (laughs) Journal-Constitution. And Joe, of course, is with Dirty South Soccer. And meeting for the first time today is Tyler Pilgrim. I'm also Joe Patrick. (laughs) You can't get enough Joe Patrick's. Yeah, you can't get enough Joe Patrick's. That's the rule of (laughs) threes in comedy right there, executed very nicely. So, uh, the second most important question to ask y'all is, what we've seen these past two games, the win against Real Salt Lake, the draw against Orlando, is this sustainable by this team for the rest of the season?
0: Uh, You know, I, I thought that what we have seen so far is good. I was very interested to hear Gonzalo Pineda. Quite clearly, say in the post game press conference after Orlando, the team is back. Uh, seemed to be a pretty strong statement from him about the the state of where this team's headspace is. And, you know, that is one thing. Maybe their headspace is, is in a better spot. But when you just look at this schedule they've got coming up, it's just not going to be easy. Um, and obviously, the performances were always going to need to improve for them to reach the playoffs. But when you add in the fact that the level of competition is also going to increase, it it makes it really difficult. Now it's certainly possible. Uh, but again, when you've dropped some, as many points at home as they have this year, you're just putting yourself in a huge hole. And, the points that they've dropped at home have been against teams that are very winnable games. Um, thinking about that game against Columbus right before the break. Uh, there was a game against Cincinnati where they dropped points uh, that they should have won. On, that was a little bit maybe unfortunate. but I'm not saying that I don't want to be too much of a Debbie Downer here, but it's just going to be very difficult for this team to, to make a charge, especially when they have kind of limited resources as they have here at the, at the uh, transfer window.
4: I need to point out that they're 1-6-2 on the road this year with the next two games coming up on the road against the Galaxy. Which are either going to be uh, resilient after the turmoil they're going through, and Chicago, which, as Sam has written a few times for the kickoff, is back in form and playing well.
1: <laughs> I love tricking myself into thinking Chicago is actually good again. I do it. I do it every year. But they're actually they look pretty solid. They they brought in Chris Mueller. They brought in uh, Jaira Torres and look sharper going forward. They look more confident. They're getting results. You're kind of catching the Galaxy at the right time, I feel like. It, again, you mentioned it, Doug. They're they're really struggling. They, they keep trying to figure things out defensively, and it's not happening. They're giving up a lot of goals. They just lost to San Jose in Colorado within the span of one week. Uh, it's not looking great right now. Uh, Chicharito isn't producing. It's a struggle for a lot of these high-paid players. It kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it, right? Um, but you're kind of catching these teams somewhat at the right time with the Galaxy in, in Seattle within your— your next three games Uh, and as far as like this team's playoff prospects I keep kind of coming back to the fact that this is the the second unluckiest team in the league right now. We're
4: going to get to the uh, prospects later in the segment.
1: Okay. Understood. Understood. <laughs> I understood. Yeah. <laughs> I like
4: understood.
1: <laughs> well, I, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at uh, the, the team's performance relative to their expected goals and they're the second, uh, second unluckiest team in the league compared to, to everyone else. The, the only team worse right now is Colorado, mm-hmm. right? Part of that's being unlucky with their finishing. Part of that's the fact they just give up soft goals where Alan Franco forgets to jump sometimes, right? It's yeah. kind of a mixture of both things. It's if you can sort that out and, and things start to regress to the mean a little bit, you, you kind of feel you kind of feel good about it. You just kind of wonder if they ran out of time. Yeah,
3: Tyler. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think when you look at the schedule as it as it approaches, you've also got Seattle, which is never going to be easy. But you're catching like like Joe and Sam were saying, you're catching the, these teams at probably the best time you could have the entire season. You've got. Like Sam said, Chichorito's is just not doing his thing. He's kind of fell out of form a little bit. But he's he's one of those that can come back anytime. You just have to hope as a, as an Atlanta fan that it's not this weekend. But uh Seattle, again, we always know they're the the zombie team that can come out of nowhere, but they've also I think they're what four, four straight without without any points. So you just gotta hope that Atlanta's able to turn something around with you got some Some new talent coming in Muscara, whenever he does get here, it may still be a few weeks, but you've got you've got some life coming in and there's a little bit of consistency, which is not something that Atlanta's had this year and you've got a, a different formation. there's some things to be positive about, but it seems like every time we we look at some positivity, then we take two steps back so
4: yeah, I'll be shocked if mascara plays a minute for Atlanta United this season. With Gutman back, with McFadden's development, with Arahujo on the right, I just I don't know where he's gonna play.
0: I, I can I just say one thing about I I think I mentioned this maybe with you when we were talking. I feel like Mascara. people should expect him to play more of like a a role that Jake Mulraney had on the team, which is kind of a spark plug off the bench, that kind of player. I mean, I, if people are thinking he's going to come in and be like a designated player level kind of yeah. get like that, he's not going to be a game changer in that respect. He might give you something towards the ends of games, but just, I would caution fans to, to yeah. kind of. Have
4: that and, and statistically no goals and four assists. And I think 46 professional appearances, it's a stretch to say he's going to be a, A game changer, even a game impactor, at this point in his career right now. Um, But talking about players, who is the player that this team really needs to step up in these remaining games to improve its chances of making the playoffs? And then the last question is going to be: Will this team make the playoffs?
0: This answer is so easy for me. It's Joseph Martinez. Joseph Martinez has to step up his game. I mean, he 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 made the big locker room speech uh, a couple days ago after the prolonged team meeting, but he's a guy who has not really just performed to the level where I think he would agree that he's not performing at the level where he he's capable of. And when this team has been at its best, it's throughout its entire history. It's always been with Jose Martinez in the lineup and scoring goals. And yes, there are, Kind of, you can have quibbles with both the way he's playing, the movements that he's making, or maybe lack thereof. Also, the way the team is just generally building up their attacks and getting the service into him is also maybe out of sync a little bit. But he's just a guy that you have to get going at the, at the top of the lineup to to give yourself that that positive momentum in games to feel like he's a threat to opposing team center back. So while there are lots of players that you could set, you could answer for this question. I think the the one is pretty obvious for me.
1: Okay. I'm going to kind of disagree with that in general, just because I think you're maybe not looking necessarily at just Joseph. You're looking at like the, the two-person striker Voltron that is Joseph and Ronaldo Cisneros at this point, because I think at this point you realize that Joseph's movement, Joseph's movement is not going to to catch up maybe in the way that it needs to immediately, and at this point you have to kind of tailor your striker decisions kind of game by game, I think. I think we'll see the Galaxy play a high line on Saturday, so I think you probably go Cisneros at that point. Seattle's going to come in, and Chicago are both going to sit in a lower block. Maybe you go Joseph with that to kind of stretch it out, so I think maybe both of them uh, need to, to find uh, consistent production, which very likely it seems like, considering how well they performed in the situations they've been put in, where the game has kind of been tailored to them. Um, so, so, my answer is like with everything we talk about, Atlanta United right now is in the midfield. And whoever that is, whatever that pairing is, needs to, to put in performance that keeps Atlanta United from getting run over. It didn't. Pretty much every situation where the other team is slightly better in midfield, Atlanta United loses out pretty heavily. We saw it against Austin. We've seen it against so many quality teams. And you guys have mentioned the quality of teams Atlanta United is about to face. So, if it doesn't happen in midfield, then the playoffs don't happen for Atlanta United. Yeah, I've said on previous
4: podcasts, this is Doug again, that um, I think when you... See opponents play a high line; it's going to be Cisneros for his speed, and with a low line, it's going to be Joseph, just
3: for his kind of poachers ability. Tyler, what do you think? I agree with Sam. I think the midfield has just been like as deep as it's been; it's been so inconsistent this year, and it's like a revolving door. You, as soon as a couple of players have a good match, it seems like they start to regress. <laughs> and yeah, there, there's definitely flashes of quality. We know that that these guys can can do the job well but it's it's just a matter of really picking out that consistent group because depth is nice but it's also vital to to get the team on the same page and that's been obviously difficult with the injuries this year but you also have Sosa going out with with whatever sickness he had for what two months it seems like and not able to really Get in and, and get some time. Ibarra was was doing his thing as like that destroyer in the midfield, but he's also a, you know he's a yellow card magnet. He's he's a foul magnet, and he's he's running himself ragged. Roseto is another one that does extremely well. So if I had to pick one player, though, I think that I think could do much better uh, in terms of consistency would be Mateus Rossetu. That's a good call for me. It's Diego Almada. They've got to get him.
4: Consistently producing assists and chance creations in games because if you're relying on Moreno or Araujo as your creators, it, that's not going to happen. That is not their game. Um, I don't. I'd have to look at stats and touches, but I think Moreno is still behind Brooks Lennon in terms of chance creation, and Lennon hasn't played in four games, mm-hmm. five games now um toronto, yeah. yeah since toronto um that's it's just they've got to get almada and he's got to step up even more than he has he's already he leads the team with six assists but for them to score goals it's going to be on him to to find those gaps and opposing lines and get the ball to whomever is up top um that's that's what it's going to take. Can I
0: yeah, good point that you make there about Almada. I want to give him props cuz I feel like he totally changed the game in the Orlando game when he came on the 60th minute. Problem is that you'd like to have him on from the beginning, but I guess he's there's load management or no, he was feeling he was he was not feeling yeah. great before coming into that game. So, um but you know to to add on to that to a point that you made earlier when we were just sitting in here chatting Doug, when you look at Marcelino Moreno, he had 102 touches against Orlando and only created one chance, which basically means he only assisted one shot. And that's just, you know, you just need more production out of attacking midfielders. If you're not getting that kind of, um, that, that, that service from the, from players like Moreno, then maybe it allows opposing defenses to kind of, uh, laser in on, on players like Almada, knowing that he's kind of the sole creator for the team. So that doesn't make his job any easier. So, you know soccer's a tapestry at all like you know you need all the f- players functioning properly to unleash all of their potentials so that's kind of part of the overall tactical issues that Gonzalo Pineda is trying to deal with right now but um yeah I mean Tiago Amada is probably the most talented player on this team you know Luis Araujo is also in, the, in that conversation but yeah I just wanted to add that little point
4: no that that's good stuff The other thing that's going to be interesting to me, and just so y'all will be clear, I'm not hating on Moreno. As I've written many times, he is a good player who could be a great player if he would simply pass and move a little bit more. When Gutman comes back, which is not going to be for the Galaxy game, it may be for Chicago, I think more than likely it'll be Seattle, will Caleb Wiley move up into that left wing role? Because he played that earlier this season. He's got the speed. He's got speed that Marino does not have. Now, is he the passer that Marino or the dribbler that Moreno is? No, but I don't think that's a bad thing because Pinedo wants pass and move. He wants quick passing. He talked about that uh, in the second half of the Orlando game. White landing's offense was so effective as they were finding pockets of space. They were able to move side to side. They had Orlando guessing as to what was going to be the next pass. Moreno doesn't do that. Araujo. They have a tendency to not do that. They want to try to take on one guy, two guys, three guys, four guys. And that's not what... I don't think that's what Pineda wants. Pineda's never going to criticize a player in public. And I know that he loves Moreno, and he complimented Moreno for like trying to beat guys and the opponent's third. But at some point, you got to pass the ball. You got to. Mm-hmm. And he, it, Marino had a fantastic stretch earlier this season, a three game stretch in which he was doing that. And now you're starting to see more and more the dribble, 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 head down mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So if he can start passing a movie more, the offense is going to come to life even more. And as has been pointed out, they've just been unlucky um, with injuries, with everything this season. The probabilities have got to swing back in their favor. So. Will this team make the playoffs?
0: Yeah, I was kind of getting at this, uh, my first response on this podcast. I mean, if, if I had to put money on it right now, I would say no. I mean, again, like that's if I'm, if I'm putting money on it. But they can, they, yes. I mean, they clearly can. And they've got talented players that can help them do that. I'm very interested to see how these next couple games play out with this new tactical shape that Gonzalo Pineda is implemented again, when we're talking, yeah, if they keep it, uh, that's a big question because if they do keep it, then to your point, what we've been talking about is they will be forced to drop one of these attacking players. You can't really fit a striker, whoever it is, plus Luis Araujo, plus Tiago Amada, plus Marcelino Moreno, all in a lineup together. So, um, that's going to be a big question for this team. But um, I personally think that they should stick with it, at least for the time being. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens when when Andrew Gutman comes back and, and you've got him and Caleb Wiley. Does that kind of um, encourage Gonzalo to possibly change the lineup but even if he does and he wants to include both those players in the starting lineup then you're still going to have that same dilemma of, a, of one of those attacking midfielders that you're going to have to drop so um yeah sorry i'm getting off the question It'd
4: actually be two you'd have to drop at that
0: point. yeah maybe uh so this team has the talent i mean they've, they've got pieces but can they bring them all together quickly and quickly enough in time to get consistent results i mean this team is going to have to start winning games on the road to to be able to make the playoffs uh i'll believe that when i see it
1: yeah I'm looking at the standings right now, and, I mean, Lady United could realistically be in a playoff spot by the end of the weekend. They're right there. Yep. I mean, it's right yep. there. I mean, they're in a, they three, could, three, could points. Could. three points. They'd be three, below, in a, three
4: points below seventh and six below fourth. Is that right?
1: That's uh, Fourth is Fourth is about eight That's Montreal yeah, They're, they're going to be would, fine It's be not going to be A home playoff spot Tied for seventh. They yeah. would have been ti- They would have been uh, Exactly They still have a game in hand On Cincinnati Who's in that seventh spot So the team's in front of New England Inter-Miami, Charlotte, Cincinnati my, my biggest concern Right now is You know I, I think the results For Atlanta and Going forward Are going to be fine I think they're going to be Pretty okay yeah. The other teams have gotten better, though. Yeah, that's
4: the point. The other yeah, teams
1: have gotten spent better. A
4: crap load of money to improve their rosters.
1: New England just brought in uh, a Matt Turner replacement at keeper. He's been maybe the best keeper in the league since he got in. They just brought in a U twenty two guy named Dylan Barrero, who's a stud. They just brought in a DP striker from Juventus. Uh, they, they've replaced a ton. Uh, Toronto signed a few players. I don't t-
4: know if t- anybody's ever
1: heard Toronto of? Toronto signed a few guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're still <laughs> kind of buried back there, but there's a realistic chance they make a huge run here. Uh, Inter Miami just brought in Alejandro Pozuelo. D.C. is bringing all sorts of folks. I mean, everyone in the East kind of in this little stretch here has gotten better for the most part. And that's maybe the most concerning thing to me. Not necessarily Atlanta United's results. It's going to be just tough to wade through a a pretty big logjam here in the East. It's not going to be a home playoff spot. Let's be very clear about that. That's, that's gone. That ship is, is sailed. But uh, everyone is technically catchable. It's just that, you know, it's like Columbus, and they just added Kucha Hernandez, who's literally on pace for like 40 goals. So... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs>
3: yeah, I think Atlanta is extremely fortunate. I mean, we always talk about their luck for the, everything else, it seems like, short of getting hit by lightning. But <laughs> when you look at the standings, like, the Eastern Conference has really helped them out so far. Mm, yeah. So it, it's. I, I say yes. The short answer is yes. They. I think they make the playoffs. I also think that is extremely um, – it, it's going to come down to whether or not Pineda really takes advantage of this kind of back line of three or five, whatever you want to call it. I, I think that the way that he set up the team initially this season – was very contingent on the starting 11 or rough starting 11 that everybody kind of assumed he was going to have. I don't think with the way things are going now, you can stick with that same lineup, that same formation. You can't go into it with this on, on paper mm-hmm. anyway the same way. So I think what you've added defensively with Parada and it seems to make Campbell and Franco more comfortable, I think that slows down the bleeding of the goals a little bit and if you can find a way to as Pineda, take advantage of some of these subs the energetic subs that you've got the youth that you've got you may not have the experience like you kind of expected but the team can score goals we know that if, if they can just get past this luck issue that they're having where I mean you look at the last 30 minutes of the Orlando game and that game easily could have been four to one by the end of it I mean inches away so I think you start getting a few matches with this same formation if Panetta sticks with it you develop some consistency you start getting guys like Gutman back uh, Brooks Lennon back and you bring in some youth you, you mentioned earlier Mosquera i think yeah he 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 comes on as a super sub or or maybe not super sub we'll see that's that's still to be determined but he comes on and, pro- and provides some some energy so i say yes I definitely don't think it's going to be a home playoff spot by any means. But, uh, yeah, I think I think they make it.
0: Can I, can I add one more quick thing to what Tyler said? This is Joe again. <laughs> <laughs> to, to Tyler's point about uh, Gonzalo being able to stick with his preferred formation based on the personnel that's available to him, I have mentioned this in some other – podcast that I've done recently, but the RSL win was the team's third win of the season since Ozzy Alonso got injured. And that injury has been so huge for this team. I think it just speaks to the point that Tyler was making there.
4: Now, I've tweeted that before and people have said, if we're counting on a 36-year-old midfielder to be the glue that holds the team together, but that's why he was signed. Right, right. He was signed to, he was signed actually to see out games, but he played well enough because of injuries to Sosa and Abada at the beginning of the season that he won the starting job. Mm. And y'all have heard me say many times, to Tyler's point, with consistency comes chemistry, with chemistry comes confidence, with confidence comes results. And that's why Atlanta United has not been able to have this year. But now they're starting to get a little bit of it. That Real Salt Lake performance, that was the best build-up play I've seen from an Atlanta United team probably since 2018. They were going back to front, just ripping through Real Salt Lake's lines like nobody's business. They couldn't do that against Orlando because Orlando got that goal in the 10th minute and didn't have to play anymore. Mm-hmm. And the stats showed Orlando had no interest in playing soccer the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's going to be the case in these road games. If, if LA gets an early goal, if Chicago gets an early goal, or Atlanta United has got to figure out a way to get through those lines. And you saw in the first half against Orlando, that was horrid to watch. That was just an awful first half of soccer. And that's also why Moreno only had one chance, or one of the reasons Moreno only had one chance created in 102 touches, is because Orlando just clogged all the lines. They clogged the gaps. Um, that's also when Moreno needs to be a crosser of the ball, and that's not really something he does a lot of either, because he drifts inside, same as Ari Hujo. Um That's when the wingbacks need to get involved uh, on the edges and get people in the box. Um I think Atlanta United is gonna make the playoffs. I don't think it's gonna be a home playoff slot. And, you know, as I said earlier, I think they're one six and two on the road. I've tweeted out a bajillion times what their record is when they concede first overall. That's got to change. They can't keep giving up a goal and then trying to rally because they just don't have the DNA to do that. Um all right, tell everybody where they can find you on the social medias.
0: Uh, I am the co host, along with Sam, of Five Strike Final, which you can find at Five Stripe Final on Twitter. And you can find us on Patreon at
1: patreon.com slash Five Final. Uh, you can catch me personally at japatrick200 on Twitter. I'm at j underscore Jones. Uh, you can sign up for the MLS newsletter I do at MLSsoccer.com slash newsletters and check out thestriker.com. I'm just a gal they found on the street. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'm.
3: Check out the space, plug the spaces. Yeah, so. My name is Tyler Pilgrim. Uh, at, at on Twitter, it's going to be at atl pilgrim. Right for Dirty South Soccer as well, but also uh, post match every Atlanta United match, we do a Twitter Spaces show, and uh, we we have a variety of people on there. But it's 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 a show that's open for anybody to jump on and, and chat. So uh, just check us out there after after every Atlanta United match. You, too, can write for Dirty South if you just hang outside the training facility for weeks at a time, like Tyler did.
4: (laughs) All right. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. And as always, hug your loved ones, communicate with your loved ones, and y'all take care.